Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 22, the opening day edition of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, along with the star of opening day, Chris Baker, on the show today. Uh, Here's what we've got on the menu for you guys. We'll talk Blue Jays opening day. We'll talk the Kendrys Morales trade. And we will talk about the big opening day moments around the league. Chris, how are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's Christmas Day for all of us baseball fans. It's opening it day. It is indeed. You wake up and you see baseball. That's right. On the, the crack of the bat, smell of fresh cut grass. Oh, yeah. Except Nothing for the Rogers Center. better. Oh, my gosh. Turf is fine. <laughs> it's okay. One day. One day. It will be one day eventually when the research gets far enough and we can finally put grass in the Rogers Center. But turf does the job for now. So let's get right into things. Kendrick Morales got traded from the Blue Jays to the Oakland A's just yesterday, actually. Uh, the Blue Jays dealt Kendrick Morales to the Oakland A's. This is a move that, was, that has been necessary for a while, and it was just a matter of time before it happened. The Blue Jays, in return, got minor league infielder Jesus Lopez and international slot money. What does this mean for both teams? Well, the A's, who just lost their first baseman, Matt Olson, to a broken handmade bone. Uh, this is the guy that will take his spot until he gets back. For the Blue Jays, this opens up a spot for Rowdy Telez on the team, along with several at-bats for DH, uh, at DH for other players that may need it. To me, this deal works out well for both teams. Jays get international slot money. They get Rowdy Telez in the big leagues. They get other at-bats for, for people that might need, it, might need them at DH. What are your thoughts on the deal? I love it. I love it. It was unexpected. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> it's so funny to watch Twitter and, even my Facebook was full of garbage clowns. <laughs> I mean, for the last 24 hours, all the people poking and prodding to see how they can get me worked up, which is great. I love that because that sparks great debate about baseball uh, and about the Blue Jays, and I love that. Uh, this was a great move. This is a great move, as you said, for both teams. The A's get somebody to fill in at, at first base. Blue Jays get, yes, a middling prospect. What did you think you were going to get for Kendrick yeah. Morales? The people that were out there saying, oh, my God, you know, they're giving up. Well, no, they're not. They're, they're making room for the new kids. And not only that, this is a guy we were looking at a potential DFA for by July of last year. At least we got a prospect. Mm-hmm. But what we really got, but we, by we I mean the Jays, really got out of this was that international slot money. And for Blue Jays fans and baseball fans out there that don't understand what that means, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. came from international mm-hmm. slot money. And you know what? And that's what they're trying to find is their next Vladdy. And this is great to, po- to put some more room in there to sign a, a higher-end prospect. And that's... That is what they got out of this. And you know, what people were telling you, and you were, you were telling me last night how they're like, "Well, is international slot money going to suit up in a Blue Jays uniform?" Yeah, they will, and they'll be pretty darn good if the Jays scout right. Because, like you said, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was 16, and the Blue Jays signed him with international slot money. This is yeah, and that's go ahead. I was just going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that that's a good point. And and the good point is here that if you're an armchair Jays fan who just comes in and out whenever they win. You're not going to understand this, this slot money, and you're also not going to see the benefits of it for many years because when you draft internationally, you're generally drafting a 16-year-old mm-hmm. kid. So you're looking at uh, that, well, not draft, but sign, mm-hmm. and you're generally signing a kid that's 16 years old or sometimes even less. Really, they're, they're looking at them since they're 14. And this is something that's not going to really – come to fruition for three, four years. I mean, Vlad Jr. didn't come from the Atkins Shapiro regime. No. He came from Alex. And, 
you know, that's, that's when, when, when you're an armchair Jays fan, that's probably a scary thought because you're going, well, I'm not going to see the benefits of this for many years. Who knows if I'll still be watching baseball by then because I'm a garbage fan. <laughs> so, so, and thank you, Andrew Stoughton, for co- coining that term because that's one of my favorites because it's just so true about who's out there and what they're saying. This is, this is good. This is a good move. But, yes, it's going to take a few years, but it does produce people like Black. Yeah, and you know what? I think this deal works out great for both teams. The A's get a, uh, a, a guy who has tremendous upside, plus they only have to pay $2 million of that contract, and, they, and he will fill in until Matt Olson gets back where it could turn into a, plat- or a platoon. It, it could turn into so many things over there for the A's. Let's move on, unless you have something else to add. No? Well, I just want to say, you know, I, I, for all the things we've said about Kendris Morales – uh, over the last three years. I think one of the things that needs to be said even on this podcast and has been said by a lot of people throughout the day today is I think what we're hearing more about Kendris Morales is the impact that he had on the clubhouse that we maybe all didn't know about, mm-hmm. maybe not in the same detail that we know today, having heard it. But I mean, to hear that Ross Atkins was emotional talking to him after trading him, to hear that all the, the Spanish-born players were so gravitated to this guy throughout spring training to hear the leadership that he had in the clubhouse. What a great guy. He will be missed that way. The results weren't there and he was clogging up a spot on the roster. Let's, let's face it. It's time to bring up these kids. And, and just one more thing too, about this, this complaint that we're eating so much money this year on all these contracts. Listen, (laughs) we are, there is no question. The Jays are eating all that kind of money. But the reality is they're investing in the mm-hmm. future. Would you rather have guys like Troy Tulowitzki at shortstop for the next three years blocking Bo Bichette, who we all saw what he did in the spring, or would you rather move this rebuild up three years and eat his contract, let him go to the Yankees and blow out a tire, <laughs> and then – and then start to move this team forward. This is what Atkins and Shapiro are doing. This costs money. And for those that say they're not willing to spend money, of course they are. Because look at them eating these contracts, trying to make room for these kids. Come on, guys. If you're real baseball fans, do your research. Start to use your mind and start to think. This is what this is, is, is really telling us, is that we're moving the rebuild forward a little faster than we, we thought we would, and we're doing it by eating these contracts and shipping these guys out. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's, that's a great way to put it. It's going to speed up the rebuild a ton. Now, we will move on to the Blue Jays opening day. Today was a, the most wonderful day of the year. It was opening day. The Blue Jays took on the Tigers and suffered a crushing 2 nothing defeat. However, <laughs> Marcus Stroman was dominant. Stroman talks a big game, and today he showed up. Stroman pitched seven scoreless, allowing two hits and no runs while striking out seven. Stroman was almost as good as his counterpart, Jordan Zimmerman, who no-hit the Blue Jays through six and two-thirds, ended up going seven one-hit innings. The Blue Jays eventually lost 2-0 in the 10th inning after an absolute bomb from Kristen Stewart. No, the fangs weren't coming out today. Get it? Kristen Stewart, Twilight joke. Love it. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) We did not see the young fireballer fireballer Elvis Luciano today, but Joe Biagini and Ken Giles were really good. David Hudson got the loss. The win went to Joe Jimenez, I believe, and the save to Shane Green. What were your first impressions of this 2019 squad? Uh, You know what? I I like it. And I, I, guys, and and I say guys, and, and I mean everyone, women, everybody who's listening to this podcast right now. This is going to be the type of thing that's going to happen this year. There's going to be, there's going to be games where these kids can't hit. 
and there's going to be games where they blow somebody out. It's just the way it's going to be. Blue Jays fans have to put aside the win and loss record mm-hmm. this year. It's just not going to be what you want it to be. For the morons saying we're going to lose 100 <laughs> games, let's, let's just let's calm ourselves just a little bit here, okay? Because they're not going to lose 100 games. There's too much talent on this roster that's way far and away above somebody like the Baltimore Orioles that – that you're not, and for people saying that, that that Stroman and Sanchez are often injured and they've got five ERAs and trade the bums, you're not a baseball fan. Let's be honest, you're not, or you're just trying to irk me and you did a great job at it. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, with those two guys, if they're healthy, there is no way in heck that this team is losing a hundred games. Now, I did say earlier today in a conversation I had, which was which was one of the better ones I had today, uh, <laughs> back and forth on Facebook. Uh, that the worst case scenario I think for the Blue Jays this year is 88 losses. I think their best case scenario is 85 wins. That's slightly over 500, but certainly not enough to necessarily put them in a wild card spot. But again, you're playing in the ALE, so that's an absolute best case scenario. What I saw today was a lot of positive. Yes, we lost. The Jays lost two run home run, but it was it was late in the game. I mean, everybody pitched really well. And and we're talking Strowman, but we're also talking Joe Biagini. How lights out was Biagini? Biagini and Giles were and, great. And Giles, I mean, you've come to kind of expect that from Giles, but watching Biagini's curveball destroy batters <laughs> was just was just awesome and fun. And that's what you have to look for in this team. Look for the fun that's happening. Look for the good things that are happening. Look for the positives that are happening, and you will enjoy the 2019 season. If you look at the W's and the L's, you're going to hate this season, and that's just the way it's mm-hmm. going to go. Listen, Jays are not going to lose 100 games. They're not going to win. No, that's just a ridiculous assertion, yeah. and it's just people frustrated, and I get that too. But that's the other thing, Dylan, is this fan base has got to stop with this Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro garbage. Yeah. This has to stop. This garbage about Shatkins has Listen. to stop. This is where we are. They're moving along the rebuild. They've got a tremendous core coming. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, there's pieces to that core that may already be in that lineup today, like a Rowdy Tellez. So this is just enough. Listen, All right, I'll this, give you an example. Go ahead. For the Shatkins haters out there of the, their plan and, and how much they actually know. Rule 5 draft. They leave Jordan Romano, who had a pretty good year in AA and AAA, up to be selected by any team. They felt, well, I, uh, actually, I'll, I'll leave that, I'll save that for later. He got taken by the Texas Rangers in the Rule 5 draft. The Rangers ended up returning Romano to the Blue Jays after spring training because they deemed him not to be big league ready. So did the Blue Jays, clearly. What I was going to say, the Blue Jays did not see Jordan Romano as a big league ready pitcher, so they left him there because they knew that no team in their right mind would take Jordan Romano with them on opening day. He's just not there yet. So now you get Romano back. You don't lose anyone to the Texas Rangers. And that's just proof of, of how intelligent this front office truly is. And they know what they're doing. They're not idiots. There is no Cleveland connection. So don't, don't start with that. That's long gone. And I mean, look at the coaching staff. Prime, prime example of no Cleveland connection. There's one coach. He's the first base coach, Budzinski. And he was from the Indians organization. Mm-hmm. After that, nobody. Yeah. Rays, Houston, Diamondbacks, all of those guys came from other organizations that were not named. And Cleveland. you know what I love to see so, on the bench today? The positivity, the positivity and the, the, um, the energy 
that coaching staff had. Yeah. Charlie Montoya. Well, the best was. Go ahead. Sorry, the best was the best was them standing mm-hmm. in the ninth yeah. inning, and and all five of them standing up side by side in the in the dugout. They showed it on TV, and they they did mention it, but I don't think they quite realized the importance mm-hmm. of that. I mean, this was a squad of coaches, yeah. their own squad, trying to figure out how do we make this happen for our <laughs> yeah. guys, right? And, and and ultimately they couldn't, and that's fine. But the fact that the effort was there to to make that happen rather than just sitting, you know, the old lean back that Gibby had and the rest of the coaching staff kind of just did their own thing. This was a coaching staff, very cohesive, standing together, trying to figure this mm-hmm. out all as one. And it looked good. It, it felt good. After the game, Stroman talked about how much he loves Charlie Montoyo. And I don't know if everybody saw, but on the TV, uh, when Stroman came off the field, it was, it was Montoyo that greeted but he didn't just greet him with a handshake. The two like had the biggest mm-hmm. hug <laughs> that you could you, that you've ever seen, and that just shows how much respect he's already earned in that clubhouse, Montoyo. I mean, and and you know, great uh, as I, as you just said. I mean, just great chemistry among that coaching staff as well. Mm-hmm. And the only two coaches that were not standing were Louis Rivera and Mark Bozinski, who are both on bases coaching, and technically they were standing. That coaching staff has has been completely revamped from last year besides Louis Rivera and Pete Walker, who now seem to have a lot more energy with Charlie Montoyo. That's just something that he brings to the, to the squad, and it's going to be amazing down the road for the Blue Jays. Moving on to the opening day moments around the league. The Dodgers today made opening day history by hitting eight home runs in the ballgame, slaughtering the Diamondbacks of Zach Greinke 12-5. Fernando Tatis got his first big league hit as the Padres beat the Giants 2-0. Jose Barrios outdueled Corey Kluber in a 2-0 Twins win in a shocking development. The Miami Marlins lost 6-3 to the Colorado Rockies. And led by the new Red Machines, the Reds sunk the Pirates 5-3. See what I did there? Sunk the Pirates. Mike Fires <laughs> struck down the Angels in a 4-0 A's Well win. played, Bill. Javi Baez clubbed two home runs in a 12-4 whooping by the Cubs over the Rangers. Cy Young Blake Snell got roughed up in a 5-1 Strohs win over the Rays. The Phillies, not led by Bryce Harper, crushed Julio Tejeran and the Braves 10-4. to Christian Yelich, the reigning NL MVP, homered, and Lorenzo Cain capped the ballgame off, making the final out with an insane grab in right center field as the crew beat the Cardinals 5-4. The Yankees beat the Orioles 7-2, so the inevitable did happen. Led by Robinson Cano and Jacob deGrom, the Mets took down the Nats 2-0. The Royals beat the White Sox, and Chris Sale got rocked, but the Red Sox and the Mariners game is not over at the time of this recording. Thoughts? on 2019 opening day what you saw what you liked what you didn't like well i mean i think we saw a little bit of everything today so far and i know the late games are just getting going but um and and maybe midway through who knows at this point but um but i think we saw a little bit of everything we saw blowouts we saw near no hitters we saw near perfect games from people you wouldn't expect (laughs) from so you know i mean and unfortunately that happened to the jays (laughs) but at the same time um you know, great for Zimmerman and great, great for the Tigers organization to uh, just to see that happen. And, and that's that's the thing, right? I mean, it's only one game out of 162 for anybody who's having a freak out right now at a two nothing loss. Don't worry about it. You've got 161 more. I'm not trying to sound like well, <laughs> it's early, but it is early. It's super early. There's literally one game yeah. in the books and we did not get blown out. So um the rest of it, I, I think, you know, you saw Yankees win. Everybody was expecting against Baltimore. If you, if you thought Baltimore had a chance in that game, you're nuts. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you just 
you saw some really good contests. What a great game for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. How about them setting some history? Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it was a good opening day. It doesn't sound like there were any weather issues across the board. Harper was wearing Philly Fanatic. That cleats. was amazing. I you know, adored that. That was awesome. That was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And Gritty tweeted about Harper early on in the day. And if you got Gritty involved, you know, and Gritty being the mascot for the Flyers, if anybody doesn't know, uh, you know, once you got Gritty in there, you can't go back. I mean, it's the best opening day ever. So you, <laughs> so it was just a great day. It was a great day all around for a lot of teams. Some teams lost. Get that. It's early. It really, truly is. And, you know, welcome back, baseball. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, indeed. Now, quick note, the Royals were beating the White Sox 5 nothing. Uh, at the beginning of this recording, they ended up beating the White Sox 5-3. That is a final. Now, today was opening day. Today was amazing. We adored it. I hope you did as well. We love making this podcast. It was a short one today, but it was still just as good as any of our other episodes. I am Dylan Baker alongside Chris Baker. Go follow us on Twitter at dbakes 11 at 3BaseballBoys11. Go follow our account at 211's Baseball Talk. That is number two, number one, number one, Baseball Talk. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you all next week.